turn back to that book that we just read from, that was Matthew in chapter 28, and just want to read again some of those verses. Matthew chapter 28, from verse 16, just until the end of the chapter. It's those five verses. Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee, into a mountain, where Jesus had appointed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Let's seek the Lord's face in prayer as we come to consider his word this evening. Lord, we give thanks for the word of God, which is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. We pray, O Lord, this evening that as we consider it, that thy Holy Spirit himself might come and apply it to our hearts, that it might indeed discern the thoughts and intents of our hearts. Bless thy word, we pray, and grant success the preaching of the gospel for the glory of God. Amen. This evening I want to consider with you this passage of scripture that we have before us. It may be considered as a passage not really relevant so much to this time of year. It is, of course, in this chapter, the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ and his subsequent words to the disciples. But there is a great deal here which can be brought to bear upon this particular festive season. It's my hope that I can bring out the relationship and connection between this verse uh, and the verse in question specifically is Matthew ch chapter 28 and verse 20 and the entirety and scope of scripture as a whole in terms of its relevance. In particular, then, I want to focus on the final words of Christ in this chapter and indeed in this book of Matthew. Now, those words are the second part of verse 20 where he says, Lo! I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. And in considering this verse, then, I want to focus on the following points. We have here a promise of the Lord Jesus Christ of his presence. I want to consider, first of all, the portent of the promise. Secondly, the permanence of the promise. And then, thirdly, the product of the promise. And so, as I say, in these words, we have, quite plainly... A promise of the Lord Jesus Christ, it is a promise of his presence with his disciples, that he would be with them, with his church. It's a promise that has been foreshadowed, uh, and indeed it is a theme throughout scripture, uh, and so it is a, a promise also of encouragement and of comfort. But it is also one that should bring about certain results in our lives as the Lord's people. There is no doubt that in these days, Especially, perhaps, it is a promise that should be grasped firmly. It is a promise that has been grasped by the people of God throughout the ages. It is a promise that should be understood clearly. And it is a promise that is to be made use of prayerfully. In the midst of the challenges that we face, even in this country, in this world that we live in at the moment. And so here then we have our subject this evening, God with us. 
the promised presence. So the first thing I want to consider this evening then is the portent of the promise. By which I mean to refer to the fact that the presence of God with his people is a thing seen throughout scripture and is prophesied. In the very beginning, in Eden, God was in the habit of visiting with Adam, our first father. After Adam and Eve had sinned, we see in Genesis 3 and verse 8 that they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And so it seemed that indeed that it was his habit to be present with them as he communed with them in the garden. Of course, the presence of God in such a way was forfeited by their sin and they are cast out and their sin creates this separation between man and God. And so here is the problem of sin. We cannot have union. We cannot have the promise of God because of the presence of God because of our sin. And so it's for this reason then that one of the main elements of the prophecy of the coming Messiah was to unite again God and man. To break down all walls of partition. He is called the Prince of Peace for he would bring peace and reconciliation between God and man. The Messiah was to be the daysman between God and man. The mediator, the one who could lay a hand on both and bring them together. This is seen throughout Old Testament prophecy. The Lord again and again promises his presence with his people. Remember, his people in the Old Testament were sinners, just as we are. But he promises his presence to them. Why? It is through the Lord Jesus Christ. And again and again he does so. We can think of many examples, but here are a few. Isaiah 43 and verse 2. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire thou shalt not be burned. Neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. And what a blessed comfort that is to the people of God. Psalm 46. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her. And that right early. Verse 5 of Psalm 46. There are promises to individuals like Moses Certainly, he says, certainly I will be with thee. These words can be grasped by all God's people and the church as a whole. There are the promises of God in the context of the smiting down of his and our enemies. Perhaps a promise no more apt today than it was when it was uttered to Gideon. When the Lord said, and the Lord said unto him, surely I will be with thee and thou shalt smite the Midianites as one man. I will be with thee and thou shalt smite. Perhaps then the most relevant and emphatic promise and prophecy in the Old Testament regarding God's presence with his people is in that chapter which we read earlier. Perhaps it passed you by at the time. There we read in Isaiah 7 verses 13 to 15. And he said, Hear ye now, O house of David, is it a small thing for you to weary men but will ye weary my God also? Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Butter and honey shall he eat that he may know to refuse the evil and choose the good. And of course, the name Emmanuel given to the Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ, is the name which means God with us. 
The verse we are considering this evening is in the book of Matthew and in the last chapter. But in the first chapter of this book, almost mirroring the last in some ways, verses 22 and 23 of chapter 1 says, Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. There is an interesting connection then. The beginning of the book states that his name shall be called God with us. And at the end of the book, we have the Lord Jesus Christ himself saying, Lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. This shows then that the purpose of God from the beginning was always to be with his people. Though they had sinned and brought a separation between himself and them, his purpose and the plan of redemption had this goal in mind, that though they had been separated from him, he would bring his people back to himself, that they might be with one another again. It's clear from the unity of the Old Testament with the New Testament that this was one of the fundamental aspects of the Messiah's arrival, that God would be with us, that God became man, truly God, truly man, it is definitive in the, the prophecy of his incarnation. But here Christ confirms that promise just before his ascension back to the, the right hand of God. He makes it substantial and he clarifies the promise in the sense that he reveals more detail about it. Here then is the portent of this promise. But what is the detail that the Lord Jesus Christ brings out as he states these words here? Yes, they are a uh, a fulfillment of prophecy, for he is uh, achieving that which his name describes him as achieving, or he is with us, but he adds other things. And so we consider the permanence also of the promise. The permanence of the promise. Let's say in the Lord Jesus' words here, there are added more details. The words, all way, even unto the end of the world, give clarity to the sense in which he will be present. He will be present in a permanent fashion. The word always, translated always there, denotes extent of time. Literally, it means all the days. All the days. The Lord Jesus wants to ensure that his disciples understand that there will not be a day when he is not present with them. And Christ then clarifies even further by saying, even unto the end of the world. The literal, literal translation of that is until the consummation of the eon. And the word eon denotes a vast era of time. It's characterized by what is done in it. That is to say, the way of living, the behavior of men throughout this vast period of time remains unchanged throughout. And so the age then, or eon, to which Christ refers to is our age. For men, as they were in his time, are still the same. They are still by nature sinful. They are depraved and varying in degree to what depravity they sink. But all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, and man has not changed in his nature. This promise of God, then, is until this age is completed. And so it will be completed. The word end there is a word comprised of the prefix 
sun, which means together, and telio, which means complete. And so the meaning really is, when all things are brought to completion, all things are brought together and completed. That is what is referred to by end. And so I will be with you all the way, all the days, even unto the completion and bringing together of all things. Consummation of the age. The point is that Christ is stating here that his presence is promised to his church and to his people, each one individually, until the eon, the age in which we live and in which the church must serve, in which the church must suffer and in which the church will finally triumph until that age is brought to an end and things which were become things which are no longer Then he will say, when the last of his sheep is brought into the fold, he will say, enough, all of my people are now here. They are now brought into the fold under one shepherd. Thus the eon, the age, will be wrapped up and the world will end. And that final fulfillment of God with us is seen in Revelation 21 and verse 3. Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. And he will dwell with them. They shall be his people. And God himself shall be with them and be their God. Within all that time, Christ promises his presence. From the day in which he stood upon this earth. And even further back than that, as we've seen in the Old Testament. He said, I will be with you always, all the days. Even until that day. When the, the age of, this age in which we, we live is finally wrapped up. Throughout all those days, his presence is promised. He says in Matthew 18 and verse 20, that where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I in the midst thereof. He is the very fulfillment of the purpose of God. He is God with us. It is he who states that when thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. It is the Lord Jesus Christ who says these words to us. It is he who says, I will be with thee, and through the rivers they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. It was one like unto the Son of Man, or the angel of God, who stood in the midst of the burning fiery furnace with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. The fire could not touch them, for they were protected by the Lord Jesus Christ. Our Lord Jesus Christ is the good shepherd. It is he whose rod and staff comfort us through, uh, though we walk through the, the valley of the shadow of death. And it is the goodness and mercy that shall follow us all the days, all the way, even uh, until we come into the house of the Lord. It is the Lord Jesus who stood, in, uh, stood beside Paul in Acts 23, 11, after he was almost torn in pieces by the people. And he said, be of good cheer, Paul, for as thou hast testified of me in Jerusalem, so must thou bear witness also at Rome. It was our Lord Jesus who then appeared to John, abandoned, alone, on the Isle of Patmos. He said to him, I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. What thou seest, write in a book. And fear not, I am the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead. 
And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and of death. And it was then our Lord Jesus Christ who proceeded to give this great revelation. The revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ to John. Even in the midst of his loneliness and abandonment upon that island. Certainly then indeed will Christ be with his people. He's been with his people from all eternity until the day in which time ceases to be. No matter what circumstances they have found themselves in. No matter what afflictions they have gone through. No matter what suffering they have had. Whether they have been tied and burned at the stake. Whether they have had their limbs torn off in torture. In persecution. Whether they have been abandoned. Whether they have been oppressed. Throughout the ages. Throughout the years. The Lord is our God with us. How should we then live, having understood these things to be true? And so we must consider the product also of the promise. The product of the promise. What are and what should be the consequences of this promise of Christ? Lo, I am with you all way, even unto the end of the world. Before he ascended up into heaven, I believe this promise grants certain things to his people and to his church and to you this evening. First of all, it grants confidence. Surely this promise, lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world, should give us confidence as the people of God. This was the immediate purpose of the Lord Jesus here in this verse. He was about to depart And before he does, he gives this commission to his disciples and by extension to each one of his people, to his church in general, to go and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. It is on the back of this command then that he promises his presence with them. Lo, I am with you. He promises then his presence with an intention to instill confidence in his people. Yes, they would face opposition and they would face difficulties and they would face personal attacks and they would face imprisonment and they would face being thrown off the temple. They'd be faced being crucified upside down. They'd be faced being beheaded. And yet, in amongst all of that, Christ would be with them and they could have confidence. Likewise, we can proceed into this world with confidence and without fear. Yes, there is opposition. Yes, there are difficulties. Yes, there are obstacles in our personal lives and discouragements. But we are not to fear as the people of God. As Paul said to Timothy, we are not given the spirit of fear. We are to be about the Lord's business. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore will not we fear, though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof. Selah. Psalm 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? 
When the wicked, even my enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though an host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. And though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. And do you have confidence tonight? You should have confidence granted by this promise that the Lord Jesus Christ will be with us. Confidence instilled in you by the presence of Christ. This is a fact he has promised and he cannot lie. Let us continue then in God's service and surmount all obstacles, both personal and the church's obstacles generally. Specifically, this church grants confidence, may it do so this evening. Then also, of course, it grants comfort. Of course, this must grant us comfort that the Lord Jesus is with us all way, all the days, even unto the end of the world. And there may be times when we do not feel that he is present, but yet it is beyond all doubt. He says, all way, all the days, between now and the consummation of the age. And we think of Psalm 23, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. He is with us at all times. Your feelings are not relevant. Rely upon the simple promise of Christ. I am with you always. We must dwell upon and meditate upon this fact. That there is nothing more sweet than the presence of Christ. There is nothing more encouraging. Who can cheer the heart like Jesus by his presence? All divine, true and tender, pure and precious. Oh, how blessed to call him mine. During the trials and struggles of life, we can forget that we have his presence. And though he is there, we cannot think upon the fact. It's like a blind puppy, as it were, who cannot see, cannot see his mother. We whine for him, and yet he is there all along. Let's be comforted this evening. We are in hard times, we are in difficult times. Some of us are in pain. Some of us are separated from the physical presence of the church, but yet one thing remains true and is unalterable. The words of our precious Lord, lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. He knew loneliness. He alone of all knew true abandonment when the presence of the Father was cut off from him. And the Lord Jesus Christ, as he hung upon the cross, cried out in anguish there, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? He knows that. And so his presence is promised to each one of his people. No matter what dire straits, no matter what circumstances they find themselves in, comfort ye, comfort ye, my people. This evening I would speak comfortably tonight to each one of you. For the day will come when your warfare and the warfare of the church shall be accomplished and all iniquity pardoned. Encourage yourself then in the Lord as David did in his promised presence this evening and be comforted by his word. Then thirdly, it also grants capacity. The presence of God grants capacity. That is, gives his people the ability to carry out his commands. The church needs such men and women. As I said, we are in bad times but with the presence of our Lord, hard times create strong men. Strong men then create good times. 
Let's meditate on the promise of the presence of Christ and make use of that truth to cultivate a capacity and a willingness to serve. And each one of us needs this. As the world hardens, so we must harden in that sense. Not that we should become hard-hearted, but that we must become more resilient, more sure of ourselves, more fearless, more steadfast with the task at hand. Throughout history, as I've said, when the enemy has come in like a flood, as God promises, his spirit has raised a standard against them. And so let us rally around that standard. Let us take what abilities we have and employ them to their utmost in the service of God. It is easy for us in difficult times to roll over, to become discouraged. But rather let us pray that the Lord Jesus, the head and chief of the church, should rally us forward and enable us to serve as the times demand that we serve. Perhaps for too long we have been comfortable as a church. Things were too easy and everything just fell into our laps as it were. And yet now we're in challenging times. And so we must rise to the current challenge. You remember the man who Joshua saw before the battle of Jericho? Joshua asked him, art thou for us or for our enemies, for our adversaries? For he was about to assault Jericho, this great city, this great obstacle in his path. And perhaps as he walked there, he contemplated how this was going to happen. And he struggled with his faith, even though he had instructions from the Lord. As he walked, he saw a man, and he says to this man, Are you for us, or are you for our adversaries? And the man says, No, nay, but as captain of the Lord, the host of the Lord, I am now come. And Jesus fell on his face to the earth and did worship. And so we have here an appearance of the Lord Jesus Christ once more. As Joshua worships this man, it shows that this, in fact, is our Lord. Here Joshua stood in the presence of the Lord Jesus, and in what capacity had he come? He had come as captain of the host of the Lord. He goes forth before his people and smites his enemies in their place. If Christ's presence in such a way is with us, then let us pray to him that he should grant us the capacity to go forward, to progress, to conquer, and to overcome even as he overcame. Lastly, this promise also grants craving. Here, finally, the promise of Christ to be with us always should cause us to crave his presence. Not merely to desire it, but also to desire to be sensitive to it, that our souls should be quietened. So often in our troubles and trials in this world, there is so much noise in our minds, we cannot hear that still, small voice of our Saviour and our Shepherd Do you crave his presence this evening? Do you crave his presence ultimately for eternity as we dwell with him where he is? And tonight let me also ask you, are you with him? He says, lo, I am with you, but are you with him? When he says, I am with you, he is speaking to his people of those who are with him. He is with them always. Are you with him this evening? Answer that question now. He said, he that is not with me is against me. Are you with him? You may not be with him all way, for we are not Christ. 
We are fickle creatures, and like sheep we go astray. But in your heart, are you with him? Have you trusted in him for salvation this evening? Are you with him? This promise is great. It is the culmination of the name that is given to him. Emmanuel, God with us. And one day indeed our Lord Jesus will come again. Not as he did the first time as a baby in a manger in silence and in subtlety. And none knew that the Messiah had arrived save a few. Silently, how silently that wondrous gift was given. But in the day of the Lord he will come in great power and might. With the trump of the archangel as king of kings and lord of lords. And on that day he will come armed for warfare to destroy all his and our enemies completely and finally. And all his people will triumph beyond words in his return. He will indeed be with us. Let it be that when he returns bodily upon that day and goes forth to judge the earth, that we are with him and not against him. For none of his enemies shall stand in sight. Indeed, let us ask the Lord to bless this word to our hearts. Let us consider it in all of its aspects and all of its application. And may indeed be blessed to us for the sake of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.